We know that somewhere in the world, someone downloaded this podcast, but we don't know anything about you. The folks who support this show would love to know just a little bit about who is listening. If you have two minutes, it really does only take two minutes. Help us make this show an even better experience for you by telling us more about yourself. Just go to ListenerQ, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-Q.com forward slash pull up and take the short survey. You can also give us direct feedback on the show, which we would love to hear. And as a thank you, you'll be entered in a drawing for a $100 Amazon gift certificate. Two minutes. ListenerQ.com slash pull up. That's ListenerQ.com slash pull up. Allowing people to gamble on sports brings in a different type of fan base. People who may not even be interested in basketball may be interested now because of the fact that they could gamble on games and potentially make money. So I think it's bringing in more fans, kind of expanding the game, putting the game in a different type of light. Generation to generation, you'll compare people, and uh, it's about sustaining greatness. When you sustain greatness for long periods of time, people remember the end of your career more so than they do the beginning because of different generations being born and different people seeing it. Uh, the fact that the Warriors were able to get 51% of their shots you know, open or wide open, which means there's no one within six to nine feet for wide open and no one within four to six feet for open. And I think you can't beat a Warriors team when you're allowing them to shoot wide open shots. Welcome to the seventh episode of Pull Up. Uh, pleasure to have all you listeners tuning in. I got a funny story for you guys before we get started. Uh, I was actually walking to hot yoga last Wednesday. And um, as I get to my yoga office, I was at Y7 on, I think it was Broom Street. And there's this guy walking past me and he stops and says, are you CJ McCollum? And I said, yes, I am actually. He said, that's crazy. I'm listening to your podcast right now. Long story short, he was listening Ooh. to my podcast fresh off of work. Couldn't believe it, man. And I, it just made me smile. I was happy to take a picture with him. And it was just ironic and crazy that as he's listening to my podcast, I'm literally passing him to go to hot yoga. So I just had to share that story. Jordan, that's the story I haven't even told you yet. So um, you, you're hearing that with, with the rest of the listeners right now. But it's crazy, crazy. I'm really. In- well, it's probably a bad time to admit I, I dropped that dude a C-note. You dropped a C-note. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Real oh, funny. Playing. No, that's, that is really cool. That is really cool, I must say. Good job. Yeah, it's a dope story. I just wanted to make sure I shared that in the intro, and I'm sure he'll be listening this week. So shout out to you, man. I don't remember um, where you were coming from, but I looked like you were fresh off work, so I appreciate that. But on to the offseason. As we all know, I'm in the offseason right now, and uh, just kind of enjoying the day-to-day, trying to figure out uh, how long I want to take off before I get back to, to working out. Obviously, there's playoff basketball on. Obviously, there's vacations and, and things of that nature, but... What was really important this past weekend was Mother's Day. So uh, I want to shout out all the mothers out there um, who are, you know, taking care of their kids or have raised their kids or have just been that person that the uh, kids could lean on. You know, I love my mom dearly, and I was grateful and thankful to be able to fly to Canton, Ohio, my hometown, and spend some time with my mom. I was able to spend some time with my grandma and, and my aunts. And uh, it was just a, a really, really peaceful, relaxing time. It took me back to my childhood a little bit was able to go to my uh, childhood church and just kind of unwind and relax and just bond with some childhood friends. I was able to go to Swinson's, Jordan. You still haven't been to Swinson's, but I'm sure we will be able to arrange that at some point when we get to Ohio uh, in the near future or far, far future. But without further ado, Jordan, I know you didn't pay that guy uh, to stop and see me because I could see the sincerity and the genuineness in his face of how shocked he was. He was like, you're literally in my ear right now. Guy's a great actor. 
So what I did was I went down to uh, Times Square, I went to the theater district, and just started finding dudes that could really character act. And I found my man, and, and that's how it happened. It was it was actually a pretty easy process for me. And the rest is history, as they say. I, I, it's funny because I don't believe you. I don't believe you at all. No, I, I, I do love that. And I love the fact that you went back to Ohio. I still need to understand more about Swinson's. Will you just give me like a 30-second what it is and exactly how good it is? Yeah, it's a burger joint. Uh, obviously, they have hot dogs, corn dogs, fries, shakes, things of that nature. But it's like an all-purpose chain restaurant per se in ohio i don't know i don't even know if it's in anywhere else besides ohio and it has the old school drive up and park your car and they bring your food to you they come out uh kind of like the old the old school feel but it's just really good they have a special burger called the galley boy which is amazing has a special sauce on it you can get other toppings as well but uh it was it was epic and it was just part of my mother's day experience how was your mother's day what did you do it was great. My uh, yeah, you know what? My uh, my mom came to New York, which was nice, and uh, took her out to a great lunch and super relaxing. My daughter helped write a nice card with me. The whole thing was great, man. And Mother's Day is is just a wonderful day, man. It, it really is one of those. It's almost more special than the birthday because you know that every mom's getting honored, and I just think I just think it's a one of those really really special special ones and father's day is great but as you know mother's day has a special ring to it yeah it's just something about that bond everyone has with their mothers uh obviously understand that they carried us uh they they were there to comfort us teaching us how to do you know small things like love like be mature like show respect to others you know teaching us how to have faith uh, not only in a higher being but in ourselves so i think it's just important that we we share our love our gratitude and our thanks and appreciation for our moms. And I think every day should feel like Mother's Day for them. You know, we should try to do a better job of continuing to um, show that love, show that thankfulness to them. And I think that goes for all holidays, Christmas, uh, birthdays, and holidays that involve other people like Father's Day. I think it's important that we continue to treat everybody, you know, at an elite level because at the end of the day, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. What's the one lesson that... If you had to pick, you could say your mom had the biggest impact to you on. Is there something that you do every day? Uh, I mean, praying. Praying is definitely something that I learned at an early age, just having a firm belief and you know, being thankful for everything, understanding that can't take things for granted. And one of the things she always taught me was regardless of where you're at in life or what position you end up you know, attaining, uh, treat everybody with respect, whether it's the janitor or the CEO. Make sure you treat everybody with respect and understand that you have to treat people the way you would want to be treated. And I think that's kind of how I've always you know, carried myself. And um, it's really been helpful for me and very beneficial to me. And I believe in the golden rule. And I believe that um, karma, I believe in a strong sense of karma, that you know, what you give out is what, what, what eventually comes back to you. So what else is going on with you in the offseason? I mean, you've been in New York, you went to Ohio. When are you going to start hooping again? And like, how's the eating? Give me a sense of the CJ <laughs> the off season. Thus CJ far. off season one on one. So I'm I'm still under this rest protocol right now, just kind of resting the body. Uh, no no high level uh, work or high level impact on the knees or joints right now, just because of the the miles I've had this season. And uh, it's such a long summer. You have to be cautious and careful of you know figuring out when to rest, when to break, and give your body that uh, that release. So. 
Uh, I'm on this, I don't know, five-week program where I, I started core uh, last week, so core, back, a lot of body maintenance stuff. I started hot yoga last week, and I'm just trying to do low-impact things where I can get a sweat. I can work on certain parts of the body, but not put too much stress on it. So I'm still going through that process. In terms of the diet, um, it's not as tight as it is during the season. Obviously, I had Swenson's. I had Cane's chicken uh, the other day as well. And, you had um, pasta with me. And I had pasta with you. So, I mean, the diet is a little loose right now because you have to give that body a break. And I'm really not training and I'm not in a position where I have to play a game for, I don't know, 160, 170 days. So it's more about recovery, uh, strategically planning my rest versus my workouts and continuing to uh, kind of keep the load low until uh, mid-June. I think, I think I'll start. I'm going to be flying to Turkey here shortly and then I'll start training uh, in Miami. June 4th or 5th and really pick it up and start two-a-days and start the biomechanics where I'm checking out the body, making sure everything is right, making sure everything's functional and figure out how to specifically train based on some deficiencies I may have in, in certain movements. But it's a it's a very interesting process we go through and I think we'll talk to, uh, to Andre Drummond a little bit about that later. He's going to be uh, coming on the podcast. So that's a special guest, new guest alert, second official guest of Pull Up Podcast. But it's interesting to always see the the difference between certain player summers you know how they rest versus how they work versus when they start the diet versus the vacation and travel because you know you have to take some time away from the game so i'll have some vacations planned as well and be able to kind of escape and uh, just kind of relax mentally yeah so with that being said do you have any the, vacation spots you recommend for me so i'm a big hawaii guy being a west coast guy i know that for you hawaii might as well be mars coming from ohio <laughs> But I'm telling you, Hawaii is great. Now, obviously, with the volcanoes right now, a little dicey. So with that in mind, may I recommend the Pacific Northwest? I know you're in Portland, but I'm thinking more Seattle, Vancouver. Go out, a little fishing action. Fishing Try action. to experience the outdoors because I feel like you're always buried in a gym, man. You're always working out. Right. This is your time to relax. And I know it's hard for you to just sit back and relax and not, not work out. So th- I-, I would recommend that. I also think... The uh, I also think St. Thomas and the Caribbean is great. Any any place in the Caribbean is really great. Okay, you know, so those would be some of my spots. I'll add those to the list. I've been to Turks and Caicos. Have you done uh, Napa, by the way? I haven't done Napa. It's in the works. I'm trying to plan it this summer, but it, the schedule's a little tight with my China trip and mixing in the work versus the rest. So we'll see what happens. I might be able to sneak up there for a day or two um, at some point while I'm on the West Coast. So I'll have. I'll have to, to figure out a strategic planning for that. And maybe I'll go later on in the summer because I, I'm getting my food sensitivity testing back uh, tomorrow, actually. So be able to see what I'm allergic to, what you know type of deficiencies I have and what nutrients I may need based on how I react to certain foods. So that'll kind of plan my diet for the rest of the summer. So that's also one of the reasons why I'm just kind of eating, eating uh, I'd say, 60-40 in terms of uh, healthy versus not healthy and t- instead of 80-20 we've kind of teetered the line a little bit and, and had some french fries and stuff like that but I think a little bit of moderation never hurt anybody and you deserve a reward after a long 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 season all right so who has didn't we have a fan poll this week with the with Jay Cole and Drake how did that turn we out we did we did we had a fan poll and I'm logging in right now to see the, the question was who has better bars who has the better bars yeah, that is tough. Well, I think I know your answer. Your answer is Jay Cole, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a tough, it's honestly a really, really tough question. Looking at the numbers, I think we got 1,900 votes in. 58% say Jay Cole, 42% say Drake. But 
I think if you listen to the substance of the music in the bars, you know, J. Cole is a, a forward thinker, almost a philosopher in the sense that he ties in a lot of different meanings behind his words. He plays on words and he's more telling stories about his life, telling stories about um, things that have happened to him, things he's seen uh, in the past and kind of like his life story and rise to stardom for Drake. You know, sometimes it's humble bragging, sometimes he's doing reggae. He changes it up a little bit to where he's very, very, very versatile. But, you know, as we've seen in the comments, people are saying that, you know, Drake has a ghostwriter and things of that nature. But I don't know what the what type of truths are behind those accusations. But I'm a J. Cole fan, an avid fan. I like I like Drake. I think he's a really, really good rapper. But I think I just kind of resonate more with J. Cole based on his rise to stardom. And I started listening to him early on in uh in college and he kind of changed my life as i've said before all right well something else that's going to be significantly changed here is legalized gambling now <laughs> it has never it's not something that we've talked about on the show but it is worth talking about because now given what has happened this week with the supreme court it will allow states to legalize it right. so what was your first take upon hearing that because our commissioner adam silver your commissioner He's been very progressive with it, so way more than the NFL, for example. But it's going to be only a matter of time now before fans can bet on games and prop bets in the arena themselves. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing that was put into place, but I'm not surprised because at the end of the day, you know, allowing the NBA to potentially legalize gambling in multiple states and the government kind of putting that in each state's hands allows the NBA to potentially make a lot of money. I think from... A casual fans perspective there's some people who love sports some people who kind of like it and some people who watch from afar but I think allowing people to gamble on sports brings in a different type of fan base people who may not even be interested in basketball may be interested now because of the fact that they could gamble on games and potentially make money so I think it's bringing in more fans kind of expanding the game putting the game in a different type of light which will ultimately allow NBA the players and everyone involved to, to capitalize on that and make more revenue and while creating more revenue for everyone. So I think it's a pretty good idea. And uh, I think when you legalize something, people stop sneaking. There's there's less bookies, there's less undercover uh, people trying to capitalize off the money uh, being made off of our sport. So I think it's, it's great for fans out there. It's great for people who are involved in fantasy football and things of that nature to kind of put this practice to use. What you just said about sneaking around and doing things that are legal, I mean, people have said the same thing, CJ, about marijuana and gambling and marijuana both uh two hot button topics with um with america with supreme court i think anytime you can tax something at that rate and generate that type of dollars it's only a matter of time which is why marijuana is now legal in multiple states um and why gambling is going to be legal in probably all 50 states yeah i think you hit around the head it's easier to regulate it uh, when you legalize it, you're able to figure out ways to capitalize off of it. And there's a lot of people out there, um, you know, potentially betting on sports games. Obviously not the players, but people around the sport. You know, obviously you were able to do it in Vegas um, as it stands. But this kind of makes it easier. It makes it more mainstream. It allows people to really uh, get involved with that. But uh, moving on a little bit, I think Dre's on the line now. So without further ado, I want to welcome to home me on Andre Drummond, center from the Detroit Pistons, averaging 15, 16, and 3 last year. That's ridiculous. Multi, multi-time All-Star. You could argue he could have been an All-Star in years past as well. All-NBA third team in 2016. Two-time NBA rebounding leader in 16 and 18. 
also won the NBA Rising Stars Challenge MVP back in the day. Whoa, when you was a young buck back in 2014. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on. We're going to talk a little bit about this summer. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the rap career. I've been seeing you, you know, releasing some tracks on the low throughout the season. First, let's talk about the summer. The summertime is here. A lot of fans out there don't know what it's like for us to go from playing every day for seven, eight months to the season just randomly just ending and just stopping. So when you wake up the next day, you have exit interviews, and then your time is yours. So kind of walk me through your summer and how you kind of put things together and deciding when you want to start working out, where you want to work out at, and, and what you want to improve on. Yeah, you know, for me, when we finished um, our last game, we had our exit meeting the next morning. Uh, I stayed in Michigan for about uh, three or four weeks just to really relax and chill. Uh, I came down here to Miami, and I started working out uh, last Monday. So I've been kind of in the, in the swing of things from there. Um, you know, I, I don't really kill myself too early. I kind of just keep that memory of uh, all the stuff I worked on throughout the year. So, like, right now I'm shooting a lot of uh, mid-range jump shots. Uh, working on my post game, obviously the free throws I'm working on as well too to continue to get better from where I was at this year. And then moving forward, you know, I'm going to really continue to work on my conditioning because I took pride in that last summer, really getting myself in great shape. So uh, I'm going to continue down that path as well too. Yeah, that's what's up. I seen some of the film on you working on that jump shot. I seen you shooting some threes. Look, look pretty comfortable behind that three point line. Is that something you're going to add at some point in the future? Yes, definitely. That's something I would love to add to my game because uh, everybody knows in this day, this day and age, you know, uh, if you can't shoot the ball, at least that's from the mid-range, you know, part of the court, you know, you're not going to really last that long. So it's something I've been working on for years now, really just trying to get comfortable with that shot and uh, to be able to shoot it comfortably and consistently. Man, that's what I like to hear. And I think your free throws have definitely improved. You you post clips throughout the year of like some behind the scenes stuff you're doing. Obviously, you work with Remy a lot uh, in the off season and uh, in season. He's flying out. So what type of what type of routine do you have in season with your workouts? I know a lot of guys try to get the right amount, the right amount of rest. You play a lot of minutes. So how do you structure your individual workouts in season? Yeah, when I when I uh, during the season, you know, I try to wait for at least like a three four days home stand that we have. You know, I'll fly Remy out and uh, we'll work on, you know, all the stuff that we've been trying to incorporate into my game. A lot of stuff for the free throw line, driving the ball to the basket. You know, uh, like high reps, but like you know, low energy stuff, like stuff to really keep myself going, but not to really kill me. Uh, obviously, working on the free throws, keeping my form and uh, keeping the consistency right. Uh, as well as shooting those jump shots as well, too, to get that feeling of uh, shooting the ball from uh, my new uh, angle and uh, really working on my ball handling as well, too, because I've been handling the ball a lot, too, with my team and uh, being able to deliver the passes to my teammates. Andre, this is Jordan. I just wanted to follow up on that with with you and the facilitating mode. It seemed like this year you took a big step in the passing. You were handling the ball a lot, top of the key, initiated the offense through you did that how naturally did that come for you and and how hard was it to adjust to that role I mean I've been I've I've been doing that you know playing like that since I've been a kid you know I just never really had the opportunity to showcase it and uh, ever since then gave me the chance to uh, really showcase my passing skills and my ball handling skills you know uh, it's been a complete shock to everybody but for me it's something I know I can't do I just haven't had the you know the opportunity to do it so 
I think one of the things that, that opened up your game some this year, definitely the passing from the elbow and the, the ball handling. People don't understand, you know, how good of a ball handler you are because of the, the role you play within your team. But I think being able to obviously drive from the elbow, make some moves, and you, you posted a clip of going behind the, behind the back of your leg on one of those handoffs, and I think Remy reposted it, and it just kind of showed how versatile, athletic, and and skilled you really are as a big man people don't understand like you, you you seven foot a lot of pounds but can move can run and jump and i think a lot of times the casual fan doesn't understand like how skilled big men are in the nba absolutely you know uh, i think i take pride in that you know i'm just uh a different breed in a big man you know just the way i move the way i jump and just uh, how athletic i am in, gen- in general well, for my height you know i try to take full advantage of it against my opponents because um you know, a lot of teams don't have bigs that, you know, move as well as I do. So I try to outrun them and, uh, you know, I'll energize them. Yeah, I think that's a smart, smart approach. And, and switching topics here, we'll get back to basketball a little bit. We'll talk one of our uh, actual fan poll of the week questions, which was about J. Cole and Drake. But speaking of rap, you've been rapping now for a little bit. You've released some stuff on SoundCloud. You've posted some stuff on Instagram. Talk to me a little bit about your passion for music, maybe who's inspired you and uh, what you're looking to do with that platform moving forward. You know, it's actually a funny story. You know, I started DJing, you know, uh, three years ago. And uh, I really got into it. I really enjoyed it. You know, uh, I found a passion for it. I actually got really good at it. And uh, it came to a point where I felt like I was tired of DJing, DJing and playing other people's music. I have uh, a really, you know, just a wide genre of music that I love to listen to. And uh, I just know what really gets the crowd going. So... For me, it was just like, you know, why can't I make my own music and have other people play my stuff to get the crowd crowd going? So uh, I started making music. You know, I wasn't obviously very good at first. You know, I didn't know, like, all the dynamics and, like, how to do wordplay and this, that, and the third. You know, I really learned how to uh, make music the right way and uh, learned every step of how to, you know, get myself better. And uh, to this day, you know, I've, I've, I've got a lot of records that are really, really, really good and, uh I'm just waiting to get everything in order to release everything. Oh, that's what's up. So you, so you are going to potentially release an album at some point. I do have an album that's actually finished, so uh, it's being looked over right now and uh, getting mixed and mastered. So I'm, I'm actually finishing my album right now. Oh, that's killer, bro. That's killer. So who is your, who's your favorite rapper or, or artist out right now? Favorite rapper right now. Um, honestly, I don't really have a favorite rapper right now. I listen to a lot of people. I can't really pinpoint one rapper right now because I listen. I give everybody a chance, and there's a lot of guys I can just listen to consistently. Um, you know, Lil Wayne is one of my favorite rappers. Uh, Jay Z, Nas, uh, Davies, A Boogie, uh, Chris Brown is one of my favorite singers of all time. Uh, Trey Songz. I mean, I can go down the list of people that I listen to all the time. So, uh, you know, Lil Pump is very good. T Grizzly. You know, shout out to Detroit. Big Sean. You know, Dage Low. <laughs> Uh, cash doll out of Detroit. I mean, I can keep going. I can go on forever. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can go on forever. I, I know a lot. I know a lot of a lot of a lot of music. So I see. I see. That's impressive, CJ, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. I mean, he he does. I've been around him some when we were in Africa and in other times. He does have an extensive playlist. He does literally play a little bit of everything. You know, based on uh, what I've seen. Andre, can you break down the process of like getting in studio and trying to lay something down? and then going to practice and trying to work on a specific move? Like, what's the difference and how much enjoyment or similarities are there? I mean, honestly, I think there really is no difference. I mean, once you have a passion for something, you're going to put the time and effort into it. So, like with basketball, you know, 
I had a drive to get myself better at free throws. So I felt like that's something that was really lacking in my game. And I took the time to really drill it in myself to figure out a way to make myself comfortable at the line to be able to shoot that shot consistently over and over and over again without, you know, changing my form. And I figured it out. So the same thing with music, you know, when I first started, I wasn't very good. You know, I wasn't, you know, on beat. You know, I missed my cues sometimes. Um, you know, I wasn't saying the right words. So over time, the more I practiced, the more I got to the studio and worked on my, worked on, you know, different things in the booth. You know, I continue to get better and better. So uh, it's really with anything. The more you put the work in, the better you'll get. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And one of the, one of the things I've talked about with teammates is the the power and importance of meditation and just kind of being being able to relax your heart rate, being able to focus in a minute. So I have to ask, do you meditate? Do you meditate or do hot yoga or anything of that nature? I do actually do hot yoga, and I just started meditating too. So I'm uh, not very good at it because I'm a very uh, – I'm a very active person. I move around a lot, but uh, I'm learning to really learn how to med- uh, excuse me, meditate. Yeah, I found it's been very helpful for me. I've, I've started about two years ago, and I started yoga when I was in college. And I think one of the biggest things that happens with a lot of athletes and people that move around and travel a lot is that we're constantly on our phones. We're constantly having to think, and we really don't give ourselves time to kind of relax and, and unwind. And I think that meditation, although it's hard because your mind kind of races, you, you start to think about things you're supposed to be doing, it's really good for the heart, and it's allowed me to just kind of relax, especially in pressure situations. That's what, kind of what I've learned. Exactly. We're going to play a little game, unless Jordan has another question. We're going to play a little game where it's, it's kind of like an and or, where I ask you a question, maybe it's college football or NFL, and you tell me what you like better. Okay. All right. Speaking of college football or NFL, college football or NFL? College football. NBA or college basketball? NBA. Favorite subject growing up? Uh, math and English. Favorite song? Favorite song uh, probably had to be Wake Up by me. Wake Up by you, okay. Favorite actor? Will Smith. Favorite actress? Mm, it be Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Tom Brady or Peyton Manning? Tom Brady. French fries or tater tots? Tater tots. I love tater tots. <laughs> yogurt or ice cream? Uh, yogurt. Favorite car? My favorite car definitely has to be a Lamborghini. I know I can't even fit in it, but it's always been like my dream car. <laughs> okay. Now, do you remember the fir- do you remember the first car you ever had? The first car I ever had. I didn't drive when I first got to NBA. The first car I ever got was the Escalade. Escalate. Um, name of your first girlfriend? Michelle. Michelle. <laughs> Mine was, uh, I think it was Sabrina. What age were you when you had your first crush on a teacher and who was she? Uh, maybe the eighth grade. Eighth grade? She still look good to this day. She still look good to this day. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Hart. Miss Hart still looking good. She's aging gracefully. <laughs> Favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time? Uh, I Am Legend. That's a good one. Or three or three hundred. Three oh three hundred. Three hundred is definitely three hundred is really good. What's the last thing you watched on Netflix? I got to add some new shows to my uh, arsenal. Big Mouth. I'm adding it right now. 
All right. I appreciate you coming on Pull Up, man. Anything else you want to say to the listeners out there before we leave? Feel free. Uh, you know, got my album coming out soon. I'll let CJ know first. Everybody knows when it comes out. Everybody check out his podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, see y'all soon. Yes, sir. No problem, man. I see Appreciate you, you Drake. I'll hit you when I get to Miami, too. I'll be there in about two and a half weeks, three weeks. All right, bro. All right. Take it easy. Okay. Appreciate Andre Drummond coming on. As CJ said, rising star in the league. Um, CJ, with Houston and Golden State, this obviously was a series a lot of people thought would come to fruition. What did you take away from game one if you're Houston, if anything, that you can take solace in and say, we can do this better, or if we do this differently, we have a chance? Well, I think one of the things they did was they attacked uh, what they what they seen as perceived mismatches. You know, they put Steph Curry in a lot of pick and rolls, you know, trying to make him work and figuring out how healthy he is right now. Obviously, he's recovering from an injury, so they're just kind of testing out his lateral quickness and just trying to make him as tired as possible because he's such a threat offensively and able to kind of sway games. I think they tried to, you know, get certain people out of – they tried to stay away from pick and rolls with Jermon, Draymond, stayed away from pick and rolls with Clay, and stayed away from pick and rolls with KD because those are like-sized matchups where they're able to guard essentially – one through five. So I think they were successful at that. But now they have to figure out ways to still get production from other guys while playing, you know, one-on-one basketball, which is what they've done all season, you know, finding certain matchups. And I think James was very successful in scoring and distributing, but he had a few turnovers down the stretch of the game that kind of swayed the momentum. And then obviously uh, the fact that the Warriors were able to get 51% of their shots, you know, open or wide open, which means there's no one within six to nine feet for wide open and no one within four to six feet for open. And I think you can't beat a Warriors team when you're allowing them to shoot wide open shots. You have to make it as difficult as possible, which is tough. But I think going forward, they'll be a lot more locked in and communicate better in some of those switches. You know, a lot of those like side screens, they didn't switch properly and they left Nick Young open. They left Clay Thompson wide open to where he was able to take a set dribble as if he was in warmups or playing in the park with one of his uh, friends or his dog. <laughs> Well, that's the thing for me. Like, I, I just if you're a if you're a Rockets fan, you, your two best players, Harden and Paul, combined for 64 points on 54 percent shooting. Steph did not look 100 um, percent, and they couldn't guard him. Houston couldn't guard Golden State, and on the other side, you see how Golden State's lineup, that death lineup, whatever you want to call it, with Draymond at the five or Durant playing the big. Like, you see the versatility of that. I, can what would it take for the Rockets to to counter that? Is it like do they need Eric Gordon to play a lot better, or you know somebody else to make shots? Can can Harden do anything more? Because to me, he played really well. Yeah, this is an extremely tough situation for the Rockets to be in because the Warriors have so many weapons. I mean, you look at the numbers. The Warriors didn't didn't play a great game, and the Rockets played well, could play better, missed some open shots. But the fact that the Warriors were able to withstand. Uh, uh, very, very excellent, efficient game from James Harden where he scores 40-plus points. You know, first player in NBA history to score 40-plus in three straight uh, opening uh, opening round games uh, of a playoff series. And Steph Curry didn't play extremely well. He passed the ball well, but wasn't as dominant as he normally is, and they still won by double digits. So I think the biggest thing for the Rockets is to figure out, you know, how to, how to make it tougher on KD, 
you know, how to limit some of those wide open shots on Clay and then get production from more players outside of James and CP. And the production is hard because of the way their offense is set up. It's a lot of one-on-one play. It's a lot of finding mismatches. So other guys' touches are limited. Therefore, it's hard for them to establish a rhythm. So then when they do get those catch-and-shoot three-point opportunities, they're, they're not in rhythm. They don't feel like they've been a part of the game, and it's hard for them to make them. Can Houston do any of the same – blitzing or, or icing ball screens the way that New Orleans did to you guys? Can, can they do any of that against the Warrior guards? No, there's too many shooters on the court. I mean, at times they, they double KD, but it's, it's too late. Once he gets his rhythm going, once he gets downhill, he doesn't see anybody. He doesn't see any of those defenders. And regardless of who they put on him, he's seven foot. So he can shoot over the 6'8 guy. He can shoot over the 6'9 guy. He can get around the seven-footers. And anything other than that is just a mismatch. So it's an unfortunate situation because he's such a tough cover and there's other guards on the court who are smaller and other bigs who aren't as quick laterally so it's an unfortunate position and when you have clay on the court you have steph on the court you have draymond on the court who's a very very good passer high basketball iq and isn't going to settle for jump shots you leave him open he's going to he's going to shoot a few jump shots but then he's going to press the action and get downhill try to create something else so it's a hard team to double team unless there's certain players in the court you can't right. you can't really approach it that way yeah, man, it was just it's just fascinating to watch after all this and we've talked about this on the show about the Warriors seemingly being vulnerable but you know, I think you saw like we all saw at the beginning of the playoffs like okay, that I don't know if it's a if it's a switch or not but whatever it is, they're just on another level and Houston's a 65 win team. They're really good. But the Warriors do this to everybody. I mean, I'm looking at the box when you guys played them. You had a great game. Dame had a great game, but Durant had 50. I mean, <laughs> right. it's like at what point, you know, it's it's just every it's there's just too many weapons and they're just too versatile and they're too smart and they're too unselfish. So I, I think I think the war I said going into the series Warriors in five and I'll I'll stick with it. Yeah, I think I said Warriors in, in five or six, which is still looking to be pretty accurate. I think the Houston Rockets are good enough to to win at least one game. They'll execute. Other guys will step up. They'll hit shots, and they have that firepower to where they are capable of hitting 20-plus threes in a game. So with that being said, the Warriors will continue to try to run them off the line, continue to try to take advantage of those long threes and get out and get get fast breaks, and they'll continue to share the ball. I think – uh, they went on the run when Kevin Durant came out the game uh, the previous night. He kind of clapped his hands and said, why? Why? Kind of looking at Kerr as if to say, hey, let's put them away right now because of their five power and their ability to hit three-pointers allows them to potentially always be able to stay in the game. So I think it'll get more entertaining. I think they'll continue to make adjustments. But with that experience, the Warriors have played together for so long. They understand where everybody's going to be at. They have the rotation set. They're adding shooters in Nick Young, and Kevin Looney's getting more minutes and has that ability to switch and guard multiple positions. I think it's a tough, tough matchup for the Rockets, and they're going to need a lot, need a lot of players to contribute in order to have a chance to win. All right, KD, we've talked about him a lot. We have been trying to figure out, you know, fun f- topics, and one of them that you brought up was, what if, what if KD wins five total championships, so four more, uh, including this year? Where where does he rank, or could he be considered the greatest ever? I'll just throw it to you. What do you What do you think? I think the argument is already starting on you know his ability to be one of the best players to ever play because of his efficiency, how rare he is as a basketball player to be able to shoot off the dribble, shoot off the catch, post up, get to the cup, can switch and guard multiple positions, seemingly you know 
arms that just don't stop. His arm, his length is ridiculous. And obviously, you know, some people will question, you know, how he won those championships because of the move he made. But you can't argue how he's impacted that team and how he's impacted the NBA in terms of, you know, other players just trying to figure out ways to essentially match up with that team and, and how they kind of revolutionized uh, the rest of the league. But I think the argument will be in place. Um, he's already won a finals MVP, and he probably will win it again uh, this season. So it's going to be interesting to see how many rings he's able to get before he retires. And it'll also be interesting to see what happens with some of these teams in terms of roster construction, salary cap, who's going to take less, who's going to go where. Uh, LeBron's the big domino, obviously, figuring out what he's going to do in free agency. So there's a lot of things still to be determined, but I think that uh, the argument, Kevin Durant's going to put himself in that argument. Obviously, you got the LeBron, the Jordan argument. And uh, I can't wait for that, his airness. Uh, documentary to come out on Jordan. It's about 10 hours long. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to, to seeing that. Yeah, me too. That's going to be unbelievable. I guess I would just close with Durant. And really any great player is as you get further away from their career, what really matters is the winning and not necessarily the fact that Durant left Oklahoma and went to the Warriors. People care less about that, especially if he wins four or five championships. Yeah, I think you're completely right. And I think the argument will always be in place uh, generation to generation. You'll compare people. And uh, as he continues to progress, it's about sustaining greatness. When you sustain greatness for long periods of time, like LeBron has, like Jordan did for a while, people remember the end of your career more so than they do the beginning because of different generations being born and different people seeing it. So I think how the end of his career goes will also determine, you know, how people value and view his greatness. I think that's usually... Uh, how it goes but I think we're getting close to the end and you know what that means it's time for the wine segment cue the music now please <clears throat> I ordered some wine and I actually have a bottle or two for you Jordan uh, my shipment came in from Domain Serene and my girl and I enjoyed a nice 2014 Pinot Noir from Dundee Hills uh, Winery Hill Winery Hill Vineyard it was very very good uh, good enough to where you don't even have to drink it with food you could have it as a pre-meal or you can have it with the appetizer so i was very 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 excited about that and i still owe you money for the ottoman i look forward to returning that to you uh before i leave this week jordan so don't think you're getting away with uh not accepting this money for the ottoman because it's happening whether you want it to or not okay here's the deal with the ottoman as long as you finally admit that uh you know, if we played horse 10 times, I'm going to get you a couple. No, you I'll be okay. You never will beat me in horse or any. So this summer, it's Sky. This summer, it's Sky when you're working out and you're in full on no excuse mode. I'm going to come in there and I'm going to beat you down. It sounds great right now. And we can actually put some expensive bottles of wine on the line for that as well after I repay I'm so excited. After, after I repay you. I'm so excited about this. After I repay you for the Ottoman. But we can finish this conversation in person because. You are out of your mind if you think you're going right. to beat me in anything basketball related. How about uh, uh, 2K? <laughs> Only in 2K could you probably... A little 2K action? Only in 2K could you possibly beat me in a basketball related game. But <laughs> without further ado, my J. Cole quote of the week. We got dreams and we got the right to chase them. Look at the nation. That's a crooked smile. Braces couldn't even straighten. That's a bar. That's a bar. Shout out to J. Cole. I'll be doing a live podcast with the great Woj 
on the 22nd of May. So check that out. I want to thank all our listeners out there for subscribing to the podcast. Please subscribe. Please follow at Pull Up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at 3J McCollum, on Twitter at CJ McCollum, and on Snap at CJM313. And Jordan? I am at Schultz underscore report on Instagram and Twitter, and I just want to make sure if I go to those Woj taping, I'll get a seat. <laughs> hey, man, I got you. Whatever you need, just cons- <laughs> consider it done. Right. And also, shout out to Andre Drummer for coming on the pod, being the second official guest. We'll have more guests in the near future. Just wait on it. And always remember to pull up. up.